0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernak. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We're going to be in Psalm 119, and you're not going to believe this, and uh, some of you won't believe it until we finish tonight, but we are going to... Finish Psalm 119 tonight, and we've been in Psalm 119 for a long time. Some of you thought we'd never finish, but we're going to finish with God's help and by God's grace tonight, and uh, I've enjoyed the series on all the Psalms, but Psalm 119, we've just kind of been Plugging away week by week and going through it. But look with me, if you would, at Psalm 119. And uh, we're going to pick up where we left off a few weeks ago in verse number 173. By the way, next Sunday night, uh, we are honored to have Brother Gary Moore. He'll be preaching, and Gary and Angie and their family will be here uh, for the day. We're looking forward to seeing them. And uh, I hope you plan to be in church next Sunday. It'll be a great day and uh, we're looking forward to seeing them again. Psalm 119, verse number 173, David says, let thine hand help me. In this uh, particular portion of Psalm 119, David is praying that God would hear him, first of all, and then he's praying that God would help him. And he says in verse 173, let thine hand help me. Now, this morning, we talked about help from the heavenly hands. Remember that from the book of Nehemiah. And I'm glad that God's hand is able to help us. It's amazing uh, It's amazing how much work gets done when you got some good help. And uh, God's hand is there to help us. Verse number 173, David says, for I have chosen thy precepts. Verse 174, I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live and it shall praise thee and let thy judgments help me. There it is again, the word help. David is seeking for God to hear and God to help. Verse 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Isn't that interesting? The last verse of the longest Psalm, David makes a confession. David as a shepherd himself David, who said, the Lord is my shepherd, David says in verse 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us and I pray that you'd give us what we need from your word. I thank you so much for our church. I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. I think about this Sunday night. What a great crowd. What a great spirit. What a a blessing to hear the choir. What a blessing to hear the Dixon family. What a blessing to hear Brother Bobby and Miss Sarah Mason. What What a blessing just to get to be in church. I think about our school teachers and our school staff that we recognize tonight. God, I pray that you'd give them a great year. I pray that you would protect them from the attacks of the devil. I pray that you'd help them when discouragement comes, when uh, they're frustrated. I pray that you would please uh, lift them up and raise them up and bless them and use them every day as they minister to our students. I pray that you'd help our school to be a testimony. Help our school to be a, a light in this community to help uh, train young people with the Word of God and to train young people with Bible principles that they can use for the rest of their lives. Lord, I pray that you please give us a great school year. But Lord, now tonight in this service, we pray that you give us exactly what we need from your precious and holy Word. We thank you that your Word is powerful. and We certainly... Uh, We come to you tonight seeking for you to show us and to help us with things that we need to know and we need to understand. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number 173, we see David talks about God's hand. Uh, We started the outline, I guess it was on the 7th of August, a few weeks ago. Number one, David talks about God hearing Number two, he talks about God helping. Number three, he talks about honoring God. And then number four, David talks about his, his heart uh, being what God would have it to be. Uh, verse number 171, my lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word. David says, I want my heart to be right. If my heart is right, I know that my, my lips are gonna honor and glorify you. But then number five, I want you to notice in this section, number five, the word hand. David says, let thine hand help me. David prays for God's word to deliver, and now he asks for God's hand to help him. He doesn't just pray for any hand. He doesn't say, God, give me the hand of my mighty men. He doesn't say, God, give me the hand of my general uh, Joab. He doesn't say, God, give me the hand of uh, my father-in-law, Saul, or give me the hand of my son, Solomon. He says, but God, I need your hand. I need thine hand to help me. And this week, I want to tell you, there's a lot of hands that can help, but there's no hand that can help like the hand of God. And may we pray and may we cry out like David and say, God, would you please let your hand help me? These are powerful hands that we're talking about, the hands of God, the most powerful hands in all of the universe, the hand of God. Notice with me in verse 173, David says, for I have chosen thy precepts. I didn't get into it as much this morning, but when we're talking about the good hand of God upon us, did you know that God does not bless those who are not obedient to him? Think about this, we pray for God to bless us and to give us his hand of protection or his hand of provision, but God, as a loving heavenly father, he's not going to put his hand of blessing upon a child that is disobedient. Now, my, my dad, my dad used his hands to help. My dad, his hands were hands of love. My dad's hands were hands that he would help me and he would show me. I remember my dad uh, teaching me how to hit a baseball. You know how how that works. You got to put your arms around, you know, and say, here's how you hold the bat and here's how you swing it. And when the pitch comes, you know, you got to watch, keep your eye on the ball all the way to the bat. And my dad, he would use his hands to show me. Um, Sometimes, not a lot, but sometimes my dad would use his hands to finance me. Now, I don't have time to get into this, but I asked my dad one time, I said, Dad, I said, there's some other, other kids at school, they're talking about an allowance. I was wondering if we could talk about an allowance. And I thought we were gonna talk about an amount. My dad's idea of talking about allowance was you don't get any, you know, that was his idea. And then when I pushed it, he said, now, um, let's talk about your allowances. Let's talk about that bed that you sleep on. Let's talk about that roof over your head. Let's talk about that food on the table. Those are your allowances, son. You know, you are allowed to live in this house. And uh, so anyway, we talked about that. But my dad was so giving. Uh, my dad, he would go without. At Christmas time, we didn't have a lot or birthdays. Well, we didn't have a lot. But my dad would go without so that his children could have something. But I'll tell you what my dad did not do. My dad did not believe in giving you something that you were going to waste. He didn't believe in giving you something. If you were obedient, if I was was obedient to my dad, don't you know I was not walking in there saying, Dad, I need some gas money. If I was not obeying or honoring my dad, you know what he'd say? He'd say, well, you should have thought of that before you made the decision to disobey, you know? You should have thought of that before this. And God wants to bless you and God wants to bless me. And we're not talking about salvation. You're saved whether you obey him or not. You're saved by the grace of God. Salvation is a gift, but God's blessing comes from obedience. And David says in verse 173, I have chosen thy precepts. David made a choice and he chose God's law and God's precept and he chose to obey. You and I, we make that choice every day, don't we? We make the choice whether or not we're gonna obey God or we're gonna disobey. We make the choice whether we're gonna follow God's law or we're gonna live for the approval and the applause of man. David made a choice. David wanted God's hand of help rather than God's hand of judgment. The choice is yours. I think about the prodigal son. And the prodigal son, he was given the portion of goods, his inheritance. And he went out and he wasted that, that, that substance on riotous living. But you know, when the prodigal son, when he realized what had happened, the Bible says he was eating with the swine. He was literally not just living with the pigs, he was eating with the pigs. I've never been that hungry. I cannot imagine literally taking food out of the feeding trough where the pigs eat and saying, I think I'll eat this just so I can survive. I've never been that hungry. You say, well, why was he eating that out of the the pig's feeding trough? Well, because daddy wasn't still financing him. Daddy wasn't sending a check in the mail and saying, son, here you go, here you go, son, here's some more money. Here's some more money for you to live however you want. No, the son didn't get that while he was out in the far country. But when the son came home, when the son got things right, when he came to himself, he realized that his father's servants had it so much better. He went back home. And when he got back home, guess what? Daddy was there with open arms. And daddy said, let's not just feed him the scraps. (laughs) Let's kill the fatted calf. And can I tell you, if you and I will get right with God and obey God and come back to God, God will bless But when you and I get away from God, we're we're on our own. God's not going to bless and God's not going to honor a life of disobedience. But the choice is yours. David says, I need your hand to help me. And I have chosen thy precepts. Verse 174, I have longed, I have desired for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Number six, the word is happy. David said, I have a desire. I have a longing for your salvation. I want you to step in. I want you to help me. And he said, your law is my delight. Now, as we've gone through Psalm 119, we have seen over and over again that David had some troubles, right? David had some problems. Um, Do you ever have problems? Does everything go good for you? Do you think this week you'll have any trouble? You think anything will come up this week that is difficult? Probably. But here's what David said. He said, I haven't lost my desire for God. I haven't lost my longing for the things of God. And he said, your word, God, your law is my delight. When you go through trials and hardships this week, don't lose your longing for God. Don't lose your love for God. Don't lose your desire to be with God and don't lose the joy of being in the word of God. You see, bitterness and frustration were not able to overcome David and he had reason to be bitter. He had reason to be frustrated. David had a father-in-law that was trying to kill him. David had a, a son who tried to take over the kingdom and kill him. But David said, I haven't lost my longing for God, for his word. I haven't lost the joy. I haven't lost the delight. David said, I can get up in the morning and the whole world can be caving in. But if I can open up this book right here, I'm going to delight. I'm going to have some joy. There's a peace in my heart that this whole world cannot take away. David did not lose it, even when people opposed him. I think of the story of Naomi. You know the story in the Bible. Naomi and Elimelech, they went away and they they sojourned and their their sons married the wives. And then Naomi's husband died, her sons died, and her daughters-in-law were going to come back with her. And Ruth said, where thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God, my God. And Naomi took Ruth and she got back to the land of Bethlehem, Judah, the house of bread and praise. She got back there. And when she got back, she told everybody there, she said, folks, don't call me Naomi. Naomi meaning pleasant. She said, but rather call me Mara, meaning bitter. You know what Naomi said? I haven't gotten over it. I haven't gotten over the heartache. I haven't gotten over the disappointment. I haven't gotten over the grief. And by the way, if you're going through some disappointment and some grief, that is normal. That is a part of life. And those things happen. But how you and I respond is so important. You can't let bitterness take over because bitterness will not destroy the person you're mad at. Bitterness will destroy you. And it destroyed uh, Naomi. And she said, hey, I admit I am bitter. Well, can I tell you, God blessed Naomi and God blessed Ruth. And you read the end of that story, you say, praise God. I think Naomi got some victory. I think she enjoyed the blessing of God. I think she got the joy back in her life. But don't let bitterness and frustration overcome you. Let the word of God give you victory. David said, I have delight. I'm happy in thy law. Verse 175 David prays to God. He says, God, let my soul live. That's interesting request. The word live is the word to revive. I think David was saying, God, I I need a second wind. Have Have you ever felt that way? I'm not talking about from running a marathon, although if you've ever run a marathon, you probably need more than one second wind. You probably need a lot of second winds. But have you ever had something that happened in life? Maybe you got a phone call or you got some news or the boss called you into the office and said, "Hey, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you know, this is your last day." And you know, whatever you know, then the story goes on. You ever had the wind knocked out of you? You ever had something happen that just blew you away, blew you out of the water? You know what you need? You need some reviving. You need you need a second wind. You need some strength. And it's like David is saying, "God, let my soul live. Let my soul be revived." I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can go on. But he says, let my soul live and it shall praise thee. I see number seven. David is praying for health, not just physical health, but David is praying for spiritual health. You could say emotional health, but I'd like to just keep it with the spiritual for now. But you know, if you are sick, if you're sick, and you, you don't get better after a day or two and you try the home remedies or whatever. Well, what do you do? You, you, usually you go to the doctor or uh, you, you try to find something that will help to, to get you well. Nobody wants to live sick. Nobody wants to live feeling nasty and feeling awful and feeling miserable. We do that physically, but what about spiritually? I, I've met some people that I thought, I, I think these people, I think they're spiritually sick. I think they're spiritually weak. And I can't take the prescription for you. I can't take the medicine for you. I can't do it for you. And your spouse can't do it for you. And your children can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. You've got to do it for yourself, for your spiritual health. David said, let my soul live. Let my soul be revived. David said, I need something. I need some spiritual health. But notice why he says, let my soul live so I can make more money. Is that what it says in verse 175? Let my soul live so I can live it up, so I can party, so I can have a great life, so that I can have a good time, so that I can be successful. No, no, that's not what David says. David says, let my soul live and it shall praise thee. David says, Lord, I need a second wind. I need some strength. I need some healing. I need some energy. I need some power. But here's why I need it. He said, because there's more praise that I want to give you. There's more that I want to do to serve you. There's more that I want to do to live for you. I I don't feel like my life is over yet. And there's more I still want to accomplish for you. Can I tell you, David wanted to live longer so that he could praise God more. David wanted to live longer so he could have a greater fervor and a greater passion so that he could praise God more in later years than he did in early years. I've been preparing and planning for this, these verses for weeks now, just with the way it's worked with special speakers and the Lord's Supper and all that. I did not know that yesterday morning I would have the opportunity as we were out soul winning. I I didn't know that I'd have the opportunity to be out soul winning with Brother Fats, and uh, Brother Fats he's been a faithful soul winner for since I came, and I've been here for eight and a half years. But there was a time where Brother Fats wasn't able to do as much. He had the open heart surgery and the recovery from all of that. But you know, I remember those days, Brother Fats. I remember those days at the hospital, and I remember those days after your surgery and. I believe it was Brother Fats' desire that he could get another chance, get some more years, but I don't think it was so Brother Fats could receive the glory. I think it was so that God could receive the glory, and I know that's the reason. We were out soul winning yesterday, and and I had no idea how this was going to work, but Brother uh, Jason drove the shuttle, and about six of us guys, we went over to Weldon. We went out knocking on doors, talking. We had a good day. It was a a, day perfect day, it was overcast, and it wasn't too hot, wasn't too cold, and we just had a good time. We started knocking on doors, and Brother Fats told me, he said, Pastor, he said, I grew up on this street there in Weldon years ago, and the train, big old, a train went by and shook the whole neighborhood. I said, was that train going through when you lived here? He said, absolutely, and we were just chatting, having a good time. We came upon a door of a young lady. I'd say she's probably in her 20s, and she came to the door, and Brother Fats started talking, and we kind of tag-teamed it, and that dear lady trusted Christ as Savior yesterday out in Weldon. And, and, and I'm thinking, I thought, you know, here's a man who's 86, 86 or 87. 87. Here's a man who's 87, who a few years back we didn't know what was gonna happen. But God gave him more years. God gave him more life. And you know what he's doing with his years? He's praising God. He's serving God. Can I tell you, I hope it's every one of our desire that God will give us more time, not for ourselves. more time for him. David says, let my soul live and it shall praise thee and let thy judgments help me. You see, when our soul experiences health and when our soul experiences revival, we will praise God more and we will praise him better. You say, well, pastor, I'm not sure how my spiritual health is. Well, here's a good test. Have you been praising God this week? Because if you've been praising God this week, that means you got some spiritual health going on. That's a good thing. But if you haven't been praising God, if you've been complaining and griping and everything's terrible and everything's awful and God's not fair and God doesn't care and blah, 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 that's not spiritual health. That is unhealthy spiritually. But David experiences revival and because of that, his praise goes up. His praise becomes more. His praise is better. His praise is with more passion. His praise is with more fervency. But then he says, let thy judgments help me. You see, the judgments of God will help you. The judgments of God will help me to live right. They'll help us to pray right. They'll help us to serve right. They'll help us to love like we should. The judgments of God, they will not hurt you. They will help you. We went this last week with our parents. We went over the the parent-student handbook for the school and you've got one at work, I'm sure. And, you know, everywhere's got a, a handbook and guidelines. You know, those guidelines that we have for our school, those guidelines, we did not get together and say, what can we do to make the students' lives miserable. We did not stay up late thinking, oh, this is going to be a great rule. They're going to hate it. Oh, they're going to be so miserable. When they, no, as a matter of fact, the rules are made so that if you obey them, things go better for you. And this book was not written to make your life miserable. This book was written to make your life better. And David said, thy judgments will help me. Verse 176, David prays and he cries out to God and he makes a prayer of confession. He says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. David says, it's not something that might happen. It's not something that could happen. It's something that has already happened. He said, I have. This has happened. I have gone astray. I see number eight. Lastly, I see David's honesty. He says, God, I've gone astray. But notice what he says. He says, God, when I go astray, would you please come looking for me? God, I I know there's going to come a point in my life when I'm going to go astray, David says, I've already done it and I'm probably going to do it again. He says, God, would you please seek me? Would you please come looking for me? He says, God, please don't give up on me. God, I don't want to stray. David, I think David knew just like we know that our flesh is so weak. The spirit is willing, right? But the flesh is weak. Those disciples, they didn't want to go to sleep there in the garden before Jesus was crucified, but Jesus came back and he found them sleeping. And that's when we find that passage where it says that the Spirit is willing. There's so much we want to do for God and we make decisions and we want to serve God, but we still have a flesh. And our flesh is so weak. David says, when I go astray, God, would you please seek thy servant? Please come after me. And you know why David said that? Because he knew that's what a shepherd does. And aren't you glad we got a good shepherd? That when the sheep go astray, as sheep do go astray, we have a good shepherd. Matter of fact, he's not just a good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. And 1 Peter says he's the chief shepherd. And one of these days, the chief shepherd is coming from heaven and he's going to rapture us all out of here and we're going to be with the Lord forever. And then we won't have to worry about going astray. But David says, would you please seek thy servant? Luke 19.10, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. But once you get saved, you still find yourself in situations where you get away from what you know and what you should do. The songwriter of one of the great hymns we sing in our hymn book, his name was Robert Robinson. In the 1700s, he was born to Christian parents. He got away from the Lord and he got with a, a rowdy crowd. As a matter of fact, there was one particular time that he and a gang of teenagers they went into a service to try to disrupt the service. The preacher that was preaching was George Whitfield, who was very influential in the Great Awakening in the United States and also very influential in, uh, uh, in, in England. But George Whitfield was preaching that night and he was preaching from Matthew chapter three and he preached and he said, oh, generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? As Mr. Whitfield preached, tears were streaming down his face, and he said, oh, my hearers, the wrath to come, the wrath to come. That night, Robert Robinson went into that meeting trying to disrupt, but God got a hold of that young man's heart. That man was gloriously saved. He became a preacher. He began to preach, and God used him in a mighty way. While he was preaching and serving and God was using him, he wrote a song, Come Thou Fount." Of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy praise. But something happened to Robert Robinson. As an older man, he got away from God. One day he got on a stagecoach and he was riding. He was not preaching. He was not serving God. He was backslidden. As a man that used to be a preacher, as a man that used to serve God, as a man that used to love God, he had gotten away from God. And he got on a stagecoach and there was a lady on that stagecoach who was reading from a hymn book and humming a tune. And as she was humming that tune and enjoying that particular hymn, she showed the book to Mr. Robinson and said, Sir, have you ever heard this song before? It was the song that he had written many years before. When she showed him that hymn, Mr. Robinson burst out into tears and said, Ma'am, I am the poor, unhappy man who composed that hymn many years ago. He said, I'd give a thousand worlds if I had them to enjoy the feelings that I had back then. Some 30 years later, the very words he had penned had been returned to him by the grace of God to break his heart. Here's the part of the song that came full circle for Robert Robinson. He wrote that hymn and he said, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And I wonder tonight, maybe if there's someone in this auditorium that you've not wandered on the outside because the truth is if you'd wandered on the outside, you probably wouldn't be back on a Sunday night for church. But maybe on the inside. Maybe you've started to wander. Uh, Robert Robinson had gotten away from God. He'd even gotten involved in some doctrines and some teachings that were anti-Bible. He he, he found that he was getting away from God and he got away from serving God and he had wandered far away from God. But aren't you glad that even when you wander, aren't you glad that you've got a shepherd that's seeking you? Aren't you glad glad you've got a God who's coming after you? Aren't you glad you got a God who's still knocking on your heart's door wanting to come in? I want to say this, David was honest. David said, Lord, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant for I do not forget thy commandments. David said, when I wander, God, please come looking for me. And maybe tonight, maybe you've wandered. Maybe you're watching this service online. Maybe you're listening by way of radio and maybe you've wandered far away from God, tonight would be a great night to come home. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.